0: And now we're going to go into the word of God. How many of us treasure the word of God? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It means for the believer, if you don't hear an accurate word, you stumble through life. And there's something about obedience. You cannot obey what you have not heard. And you cannot hear if God does not send a preacher. And there is a word for every house. So let me get something clear to you. God is not expecting you to run with the word of another house. It is the word that he sent to your house is expecting you to act upon. I pray that this message will get through to us. I've been talking about the difference between disciples and Christians. That's where I'm going to start from again. Christian is what people are called. Just like you can call me anything. But it doesn't mean that's what I am. Call me what you may. What I am is what I am. Christians, Christian is a word as used to describe some people. They see, carry a Bible, go to church. But just because I slept in my garage does not make me a car. And just because I wear a doctor's coat and I put a stethoscope on my neck does not make me a doctor. I have a doctorate in theology kind of hair, but not medical doctor. Do you understand? But disciple is who you are. So the question this morning is, who are you? And who you are will determine how you live your life. And who you are will determine who is your Lord and your master. For a lot of people, they are their own master. The Lord is not their master. How you know a disciple is whatever the Lord says, that is the truth, and that's what we're going to do in easy times and in tough times. Grace Assembly should be a gathering of disciples. I'm going to do a refresher course for the discipleship class. And some of you have never attended. And those of you that attended, you have forgotten some of these things. I'm going to gather everybody, everyone that has attended and anybody that is due to attend. We're going to go over our discipleship class. And many of us are going to be honest, we're going to weep. How far we have fallen. And last week I was talking about making a difference. How can you make a difference if you're not a disciple? You know what Christians do? They go with the flow. It's a little rain. I don't need to go to church. I do my transfer. It doesn't go. That's good. That means God doesn't want me to give the money. Christians take the easy path. But Bible says narrow is the way. Come on now. And difficult is the road that leads to life. Did somebody delete that part of the Bible? I'm asking, did somebody delete that part of the Bible? Narrow is the gate. You squeeze in. Your jacket can get caught, But you don't care about that. And difficult is the part. So why is it that we want life to be always easy? And once it is not easy, we we'll go to the place of convenience. You can never build character or anything great By a life of convenience. It is absolutely impossible. It was impossible for Jesus. The gate was narrow. The road was difficult. But it led to the name that is above every other name. And because God never changes. Anybody that goes through will come through. And God is going to reward that person. I want to be the pastor of a church that is making a difference. It's not a game of numbers. A man can have 40 children, and you add all of them, they're not up to one. And you can have a child that makes the difference. The Bible says your children will speak to you, the enemies at the gate. Everything opposed to the gospel, our lives should speak against it. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under the table. But you set it on high so that people can see How to make the difference And this is my prayer And this is my heart cry But this morning I want to show you the other side Of the life of making a difference Can you stand with me for the reading of God's word I take my text from Isaiah 45 I'm going to read verse 19a From the New King James Version of the Bible Isaiah 45 Verse 19a The New King James Can you just read that with me One, two, three, go I have spoken in secret. I have not spoken in secret. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. This, there's a pastor in this church that's always quoting that scripture. Who knows that pastor? It's Pastor Steve. He always comes here. He loves that scripture. He says, God has not said, seek me in vain. Now pay attention. What does that phrase, seek me in vain, mean? It's almost a cliche. A lot of us don't meditate on the word of God. What does God mean? Say, I did not ask you to seek me in vain. You may struggle to know the meaning, except you see that same scripture in the amplified version of the Bible. And that one says, I have not spoken in secret. I'm not hiding this matter. I did not say to the descendants of Jacob, seek me in vain with no benefits for yourself. When you make a difference in the name of the Lord, God is going to put many benefits upon your life. The Bible says, let us bless the one who daily loads us with benefit." But if you do not make a difference, on what basis do you want God to load benefits on you? So this is the meaning of, I did not ask them to seek me in vain. It's not about serving God with no benefits. For Who? for yourself now the amplified classic takes it a little further and that one the amplified classic says I did not call the descendants of Jacob to what? fruitless what? service you cannot seek and say I'm seeking but I'm not serving as long as you're seeking you must be serving I did not call them to fruitless service say what? seek me for nothing But I promised them a just reward. A just reward. And so I bring you the word this morning. I entitled God the rewarder, God the remunerator, and God the generous compensator. God the rewarder, God the remunerator, God the generous compensator. And that's a just reward. Fathers, we look into the word of God today. Help us to get to the place of balance. That which God requires of us and that which God does because we do what pleases him. Help us, O God, to jettison the lie of the enemy that has made many stay at the point of being a Christian, never becoming a disciple. Let the difference be made in our lives as we align with God. That people may see that it is truly good to serve the Lord. Thank you for socially being. In Jesus' name we pray. I like that. Amen. I like that. Amen. You may be seated. I did not call the descendants of Jacob that's you to fruitless service. But the question is, are you in service? Or, or do you just watch those of us in service? If my car is in service every time I start it, it answers me every, anywhere I want to go. Come on now. It takes me there. If my car is not in service, I will start it, it will not start. Or it will start and it will not move. Or it will move but it will not take me where I'm going. And that's the story of a lot of us. You are either not in service or your service is erratic. You start you go halfway but you don't finish what God had you start and wanted to finish do you know God is called the author and the finisher do you know God does not like people who don't finish what they start do you know that's why he did not allow Jesus to terminate his ministry at Gethsemane God honestly is not the God of I started and I'm ambling along I'm not interested in finishing God is the beginning and the ending the author and the finisher and what you start in his name he will grant the grace to finish and he will bless you for that in jesus name today i'm talking about god the rewarder god the remunerator god the generous compensator the word reward in the greek in the new testament is the word mr podotis mr podotis it, that is it from that word they transcribed or translated the word um, Hebrews 11, verse 6, that says, And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And that actually means that God is a Mr. Podotis of those who diligently seek and serve Him. God is a rewarder, God is not just a sender. If He sends you, He's going to reward you. The reason why a lot of people don't serve God is they struggle to believe that God is a rewarder. Can I tell you something? The reason why some people think like that is you think this is how God is going to reward me, but God may reward you through another means. So a lot of people, they carry that disappointment in a certain area of life and they think that maybe God is not a rewarder. No, no, no. If you look around very well, you will see God showing up for the person who seeks and serves him. The word Mr. Podotis is the Greek word for rewarder. But the word rewarder is the same word as remunerator. So if you check the word reward in, in the Bible, you will find that it is also termed remunerator. What is a remunerator? Somebody that pays you. He rewards you and he pays you. And the quantum of his payment is the goodness of his heart. Now, a remunerator is also in the, in the dictionary called a compensator. But God is not just a compensator. He's a generous compensator. I'm going to prove that to you if you come with me to Genesis 15 verse 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic of the Bible. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield and your abundant compensation. And your reward, therefore, shall be exceedingly great. I'm speaking about somebody you better say, Amen. 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 Abraham walked with God, and God says, I'm not just your shield or your protection, I'm your abundant compensation. I am going to compensate you. Do you know what compensation means? The difficult road that you went through, I'm going to compensate you. The criticisms that you endured when people wanted to stop you from in I am going to compensate you. So God is not just a rewarder, he's a remunerator, and he's also a compensator, and a generous compensator. In the Old Testament, the word reward is translated from the Hebrew word "sakar." And some time ago, some of you remember, I preached about Jehovah Sakar, God that compensates us. So either in the Old Testament or the New Testament, God is always describing himself as Sakar or Mr. Podotis. And the church needs to remember that. So when you have to go on an assignment for the Lord, you don't let the devil discourage you, because if if you don't look to the reward, oh God, you go tired. Some people are falling by the wayside. Bible says, "When the sword descends, some will die." The ones that endure will produce seed, uh, fruit uh, 30 fruit. 60-fold, 100 fold. May we not fall by the wayside. Yes. So knowing God as Mr. Podotis or Sakar is very important if you are going to be a disciple. A lot of people are going to say, this church, church, where they go, wait till you, wait till you, you collect. You never marry, you never get picking. They never heard of Sarah who had her first child at ninety. There's a lot we can say. But if you don't know God at Mr. Podotis or Sakar, you cannot honestly be a good disciple. And being a disciple is not enough. They're wishy-washy disciples. They're okay disciples. And they're hmm, great disciples. Which one do you want to be? It's up to you to pick. But you know what? The Bible says he knows those that serve him. Do you know that people forget that God is watching and he's always measuring at every point in time and you cannot fool him because even the thoughts of your heart, he can read the thoughts of your heart. Now, I'm going to take you to Matthew 9 and verse 27, the Message Bible. Peter struggled to remain a disciple. Because he did not know the Lord as the Lord Jehovah Saka or Jehovah Mr. Podosis. And so in this scripture, read with me, he asked a question. Come on, let's go. One, two, three, go. Then Peter chimed in saying, we have left everything and followed you. What do we get out of it? As long as you don't know him as Jehovah Saka you will not go all the way. The human nature in you will override the faith that you think you have. This message is very important for those that are doing well so that you continue and those that are struggling so that you wake up and those that fall by the wayside, they rise from amongst the dead. Bible says, rise from amongst the dead and Christ will give you light and life. Peter, what? You mean someone can be bold enough to ask the question that's always been on the mind of many Christians? You mean somebody can ask this kind of question that's even in the, on the minds of some disciples? What do we get out of it? How many people will have been bold enough to come up here and say, this message you're preaching, what do we get out of it? You may think about it, but most people are not bold enough to ask that question. And so Peter in his audacity asked the Lord. And you'll have thought the Lord will tell him clear out of this place whatever and so on. My comment is this question is even on the minds of some disciples too. Yes. And the evidence that even disciples think like they but they lack the boldness to address that question to the right authority is found in the same Matthew 9 27, the Amplified Classic. Bring that up. Then Peter answered the Lord saying, Behold, we have left our all. Can you imagine? We have left our all. And what? Have become your disciple. Which means he was speaking as a disciple. We have even sided with your party and followed you. What then shall we receive? At least Peter is bolder than most people. He asked a question for a time like this. And here's Jesus' answer to what I would have called an annoying question. I would have said to Peter, you speak as a Christian. You don't speak as a disciple. Luke 18 verse 28b to 30 from the message Bible. Are you with me? I can't hear you. Are you with me? This is the Lord's answer to that seemingly annoying question. It starts with the question says, we have left everything we owned and followed you, didn't we? Are you going to deny it? Jesus said yes. And you won't regret it. And you will never have to regret it. No one who has sacrificed I told you, discipleship is selflessness, is a life of sacrifice. It says no one. It didn't say some. No one who has sacrificed at home, spouse, brothers, sisters, parents, children, whatever. I like that. Whatever else. The Lord tabulated the things we prize the most. Our relationships, our families. To the extent as far as that. And beneath that, whatever else. Is it a house? Is it a car? Is it your money? Whatever else, no such person will lose out. Will somebody say amen? amen? I speak to that evil voice. That continues to negotiate with people to become lukewarm thinking, saying that nothing is going to come out of it. Look at your life, you have so many troubles. I bind that voice, I return it back to hell in the name of the Lord Jesus. The voice of the Lord only shall members of Grace Assembly hear from today in Jesus' name. Jesus said, yes, you followed me and you won't regret it. No one who has sacrificed anything whatever will lose out. It will all come back, multiplied many times over in what? your lifetime. I would have struggled if he said you will not receive a hundredfold in heaven. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, I see get sense though. I have faith? You you don't know that the Lord deals with our sense. He would not have answered this question if it was a matter of faith. It was sense. He defined it, it says in your lifetime a lot of people don't know that and you can hold God to his word why? because he says what he means and he means what he says it will come back multiplied many times over in your lifetime Ah, we will not die we will live to see the glory of God in the land of the living what kind of amen is that what kind of amen is that I say you will not die your enemies will not continue laughing God is going to reward you in your lifetime mm, to enjoy the goodness of the Lord, the oneness of his blessings in the land of the living. Even if you're 60 like me, even if you're 70, even if you're 80, God can give you a life beyond a hundred. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. I like the last sentence. It says, and then bonus of eternal life. eternal life is bonus you know i want to pray for grace assembly that if you're going to heaven i pray for you your life will already show that you're on your way to heaven may heaven not be a culture shock because you are so broke busted and disgusted you've never had anything good so when you get to heaven you'll be sleeping on the road instead of going to your mansion because you have never even had a room to yourself. That will not be... If it was so before, by my prayer, by this understanding, all that is going to change. Whatever blessing God has given you that was diverted, I call it back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When a thief is... Heart is made to refund what is stolen seven times over. Whatever life stole from you, I command creation to return it to you seven times over in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever was diverted is reverted to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All you can complain is, I wish I had it when I was 20. I wish I had one at 30, but it doesn't matter. If God brings something to you late, he will add to your life. That, that's what happened to Job. All his children died. And people thought, what can I come out of life? The Bible says Job saw his new set of children to the third and fourth generation. Show I saw the picture of a man, 103. He was looking like me. Somebody sent it to me, the story of a man. He started, he retired at 60 and he started his life all over. And he was trying to encourage men that just because you are 60 does not mean your life is over. The man who started his life, got all the awards, got a Nobel Prize at about 100 or something like that and he's hell and hearty. So if it is late, it means that you cannot die young. What kind of amen is that? God will not give you something that you will not enjoy for a long time. I receive good things for you in Jesus' name. It will, Whatever you do for the Lord will be multiplied back to you in your lifetime. Put your hand on your chest. And say, I'm receiving everything in my lifetime. Nothing is postponed to heaven. Nothing is going to. No, no, no. Heaven will be heaven. This one, no. my own, no. this will place. During my lifetime, everything will manifest in Jesus' name. Say amen to your own prayer. You can't trust anybody else. When you pray that kind of prayer, don't wait for your neighbor to say amen for you. Just say your own amen. Eh? Now, knowing that, Peter didn't know him as Jehovah Saka. That's why he asked the question. And the Lord answered him. But obviously, David knew him as Jehovah Saka. I'm going to prove that to you. He knew that God is a rewarder. He knew that God is a generous compensator. First Samuel 17 and verse 26, the Battle of Goliath. he went to take lunch to his brothers. He didn't know there's a battle. He saw Goliath making all the noises, being extremely obnoxious and rude and cursing. And, and David just looked at the man, verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him around, saying, "What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine?" You know why nobody else tried it? They didn't know him as Jehovah Saka. It says, he did not ask how I'm going to do it. He knew God as a reward. I said, what shall be done? But the man who kills these Philistines and takes away the reproach from Israel, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Ah, that this guy is already dead. Because I know God is going to kill this guy. Let God use me. But I know there is a reward. Come on now. There is a compensation. You think he just got up and killed Goliath. No. This is the question he asked. How would he he not know God? He was somebody that worships God in the wilderness. He was somebody that is acquainted with God. A lot of people come to church. They don't know God. When there's a job to be done in this altar, I volunteer. Because I know God. Sometimes maybe may be a long time coming, but Farabale, be coming down. You're going to see what God is going to do. I'm speaking about your life. I'm speaking my life. They go see something. Yeah. They go hear him. Yeah. It's only a matter of, th- what kind of amen is that? Yeah. David had nothing. He was sent on an annoying errand for his brothers who didn't respect him. He got there and said, this is my chance. What will be done for this man? When God has something he wants to do, it is the springboard for promotion that people don't know. A nobody like David became the subject of the singing of the women. The social media went mad. What they call that thing? He started trending. And they say another thing. Uh, can I, they say they break the internet. He broke the internet. Ah, your success will break the internet. No, no, you don't sound like you believe me. I say your success, your turnaround will break the internet. We go first trend, but we will still shatter the records. He came. They said, who invited you here? Drop the lunch and get out of here. Ah, he turned away. Say, he turned to somebody. I say, what will be given to the man? This guy, don't spend your time answering fools. The Bible says, answer not a fool according to his folly. Face the one that can change your destiny. Listen, when God changes your destiny, they will carry their words. They go chop their comments. Can I tell you something? When God blesses you. Even the people that listen to their gossip will drive such people away. Say, I wish I didn't listen to you. See what God has done for this person. That's the camp I should have belonged. Don't fight people. Just wait for God to show up with your Mr. Podotis. Glory to God. In the New Living Translation, verse 26, David asked the soldiers standing nearby, What will a man get? He knew. The king could not do it for him. He knew that Goliath was the enemy of God. Now, when God wants to bless you, God will not come down. God will raise a king. Like he did for Joseph. God will raise a king. Somebody powerful. Somebody that has the resources to deposit it into your life. The position, they will give it to you. David asked, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and end the defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyways? That he's allowed, who? To defy the army of the living God. He knew Jehovah was looking for somebody. Bible says, God says, we stand in the gap. Looking for for a man who will stand in the gap. That's why Jesus said, I will go to save man. God says, are you serious? Go. When he got to get Gethsemane, because God is a finisher, I said, no, 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 you finish what you start. And when he finished, Bible says, for this reason, God so highly exalted him. It was for that reason. I preach a series, give God a reason. God is a God of reason. You know? There's some general blessing like oxygen that we all breathe. There are some Tasherek blessings that for everybody. But the main, the main, you need to give God a reason. <laughs> David knew God. He knew promotion was going to happen. So when he went after Goliath, he was going in the name of God. Number one, you are the enemy of God. Number one, God wants number two, God wants to kill you. Number three, God is looking for a man. Number four, God is going to bless man. Wait till remain. He just carries stone. It didn't matter what he had anymore. He knew it was God's assignment. You see, when you go on God's assignment, you're not going alone. If Saul had known, God Saul would not have allowed David to go and fight Goliath. Because that was the end. The attention of Israel turned to David. Ah. There are places that they have locked you out. God is going to turn their attention to you. Philippians 2 verses 8 to 9. Some of the basic English Bible. It says about Jesus. And being seen in form as a man, he took the lowest place and let himself to be put to death, which means they didn't kill him. He let himself to be put to death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9 says, For this reason, God in remunerating him and compensating him has put him in the highest place and has given to him The name which is greater than every name. Would somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. The message Bible says because of that obedience, God rewarded and lifted him high and honored him far above anyone or anything ever. Even with Jesus, the rule was in place. If Jesus could not circumvent that rule, how do you want to circumvent that rule? The struggle we're struggling is, you want to do it yourself? Yeah, you can try. But, except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. And whatever God wants done, will get done. There's a Yura proverb, I can't remember. There's something about when God loves somebody, leave that person alone. When God loves somebody, when God loves somebody, if you want to make trouble, go and look for somebody else. Because God will show up. May God show up for us. In the book of Malachi, I'm rounding up. I'm talking about God the rewarder. God the remunerator. And God the generous compensator. In Malachi 3 verse 18, I read from the New Living Translation, the Bible says, then you will again see the difference. Mm -hmm. If you make a difference, they will see the difference. Mm -hmm. Then you will again see the difference between those who serve God and those who do not. When you make a difference, God will make them see the difference. So, um, Ekenne, I'm your, that's another one I give you if you make the difference God will make them see the difference in your life why don't you put your hand on your head that's where God blesses people on their head and say father make the difference clear between those of us who serve you and those who do not Do it. Show it in my life. Father, make the difference clear. Between those of us who serve and keep serving you. And those who do not. Or those who used to and they don't do it anymore. For whatever reason. Praise the Lord. Please use my breakthrough to make that difference clear. That's a serious prayer. Lord, please make my breakthrough. Whether it's marital. Whether it's financial. Whether it's career. Whether it's ministry. Make my breakthrough. To make that difference clear, and you will, God will give you the breakthrough, and it will be an awesome breakthrough. As long you are making the difference, God will use you to show the difference. God will use your breakthrough to make the difference clear. Can you say Amen to your own prayer? I'm still wondering what kind of Amen is that. You know, you won't understand. This verse uh, 14, if I don't read the whole of it to you. The verse 18, you would not understand if I don't read all of it to you. Malachi 3, verses 13 to 14, then I'll jump to verse 16 from the New King James. It says, God said, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. And you say, what have we spoken against you? And he replies saying, you have said it is useless to serve God. Hello, somebody. I said, hello, somebody. I said, hello, somebody. They said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? This is even people that used to serve God. In verse 16, Bible says, then those of us who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened. Hello. And heard us so a book of remembrance was written before him for those of us who fear the Lord who meditate on his name and we serving verse 17 says God says they shall be mine says the Lord of hosts hallelujah yeah. I said hallelujah yeah. they shall be mine it's actually not a statement it's a threat. when he says they shall be mine they already his He's saying that when confrontation comes, you will know they shall be mine. It's not a statement. It's a confrontational statement. It's a threat. They shall be mine, says the Lord of us, on the day that I will make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Not come to church. That's good, but who serves him. In the book of, um, that um, the, the, the scripture we started for, it says, I did not call the sons of Jacob to aimless service, fruitless service. No. No, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. It says, I will make them my jewels. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Verse 18. Then you shall again descend. Between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. I go back to the New Living Translation, it says, Then you will again see the difference between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. I want you to stand to your feet. If you have been serving God, continue serving God. If you have been struggling with a voice in your head, whether you should continue or you should not continue, please don't listen to that voice. And if you have not been serving God, I want to recruit you so that you're not going to be left behind The day is coming soon when it will manifest. I will be amongst those who God will promote. Will you be among? I want to pray for you. May the Lord use your finances To show the world the difference between those who serve him and those who do not. May the Lord use your financial breakthrough. To show the world around you the difference between those who serve God and those that do not. Can you say amen? amen? May the Lord pour mega blessings upon our lives, all of us. And use this mega prosperity to prove that God is a rewarder of them that seek Him and serve Him. So shall it be without fail in all of our lives, in Jesus' mighty name. It says, In that day, I will show the difference. You know, can I tell you something? There are some heights that you may not be able to get to by yourself. It is true that every man has power and strength. He distributes strength to all of us. There's intellectual strength, there's physical strength, there are all kinds of, but there are some heights. It's hard for you to get there. How many of us want to go beyond the limit of your own strength? You want God to take you where you know you can't climb there. Where you know they have even removed the ladder. They know you're coming, they have removed the ladder. And God is going to pick you and put you on top of them. May the Lord pour mega blessing upon these lives raising their hands. And may the Lord use this mega prospect to prove that God is a rewarder of them that seek him and serve him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ruth chapter 2 verse 12a, Boaz met Ruth and said this prayer. It's one of the most dangerous prayers I've seen in the Bible. And it only works for those who have served God. Boaz was a man of God. He was a prince. He was a chief prince in his own time. He met Ruth. She was broke on the surface. She had nothing. She was full of trouble. She had reproductive problems. Her husband died young so she could have been looked upon as a witch she had no, parents were nothing she was now a foreigner with an old widow that has nothing but he looked at her and he, remembered, he said I have heard how that you clung to God and you did what God wanted you to do to take care of your mother-in-law whose husband had died and their two sons had died, you left everything to do this you can't pray this prayer for somebody who did tiny thing. She left her own people. There was no promise. The woman had nothing. But she knew God was this woman. She knew there was an assignment to take care of this woman. This man of God says, The Lord repay your work. And give full reward. And, and the full reward be given to you by the Lord God. The Lord repay remuneration. The Lord give you full reward, rewarder. And then the Lord compensate you for what you left behind because the people you left behind said nothing good will come out of your life. The Lord repay you for your work. I'm praying for you now if you're a servant of God. I said may the Lord repay you for your work. May the Lord give you a full reward for what you have done. May the Lord compensate you for what you have been through. And may it be given to you by the Lord our God. As a man of God, I pronounce this prayer as a work for Ruth. It will work for you to the glory of God without fail in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're still praying. Genesis 15 verse 1, the message Bible. This is God speaking to his friend. And after all these things, and I, you know, I can relate to that. After all these things, look at your life. What are the things you don't talk about? After many things. The word of God came to Abraham and he and said, don't be afraid. I'm not talking about Abraham now. I'm speaking as an uncle of God to somebody. Don't be afraid. I am your shield. Your reward will be grand. Amen. Don't be afraid, said the Lord. I am your shield, said the Lord. Your reward will not be just be great. It will be grand, said the Lord. Amen. And so shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The living Bible, Genesis 15 verse 1. Afterwards, hey, the word afterwards, with many waters under the bridge. Afterwards, Jehovah spoke to Abraham in a vision. And this is what he told him. Don't be fearful. For I will defend you. Somebody they are attacking you. Somebody they are ganging up against you. Somebody they are lying on you. God says I will defend you. God says I will defend you. God says, I will defend you. And I will give you great blessings. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I receive it in Jesus' name. Say with your mind, I receive it all. I receive it all with thanksgiving. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I agree with you. As God spoke to Abraham... God has spoken to us. God will defend every one of us. God is going to give us great blessings. Your reward and mine will be grand in the name of the Lord Jesus. We will know God as God the rewarder. We will know God as God the remunerator. We know God as God the generous compensator. So our pain, our trouble, our need, our disgrace has not been in vain. A general compensation is going to be used to wipe that chair away. So shall it be. Come on, say amen. amen. If you know you bring through something, say amen. amen. Say it with an attitude. If you know that you know that you know that God must defend you, you need great blessings. Say amen. amen. Now that you know that God is a rewarder, now that you know that God is a remunerator, now that you know that God is a generous compensator, I command you in the name of the Lord to go forth into the world, making a difference everywhere you go, and your reward that will happen within your lifetime, it will be great, it will be sweet, it will be sustained, To the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Clap your hands, oh you people. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. For those that are not in church, tell them they missed a great day to be in church. Maybe the rain was to filter the hearts of people those that don't deserve to get it so that they will stay back and that's what God does he sets things up to see how far you will come you will know God as a rewarder you will expense God as the remunerator you will, you will enjoy God as a generous compensator the, the, let me speak to those that are old God will do your own speedily because of age Those of you that are not as old, God will still do your own speedily. And for our children, they will not have to experience some things because God will have showed up earlier in their lives in the name of the Lord. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated.